Today is Friday, June 2nd, 2023, and welcome to episode 46 of Roll Reliance with the Candy Couple. I can't believe we're at episode 46, but my name is Julia. This is my husband, Aaron. We're a small homestead family in rural Southwest Virginia that work every single day on being more self-reliant. Um, the reason we chose rural reliance is we live in a rural area and we really work on being as reliant on ourselves as possible. Um, with the changes in the world, the changes in everything, it's just really important for us to reduce our dependencies on the outside world as much as we can. Yeah, but before we get into today's topic, you know, you can find this podcast on most major platforms. You know, make sure to go over and check it out on Fountain.fm and on Spotify. And you can find the links to um, all of our other content on Linktree slash The Candy Couple. And today we want to talk about something that I'm sure most homesteaders are kind of in the throes of. Um, but we want to talk about it in a, a bit of a different view, kind of like with our frugality lens here. And that is that growing your own food is still affordable. Yes, there is many ways to make this affordable. I've seen a lot of people talking about here recently that it's not affordable anymore to grow your own food. That's really a big thing. It's expensive. Oh, it's so expensive. And it can be. It, it depends how you do it. Absolutely. And we have went on the expensive side of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also learned in the past few years how to save money and really have been focusing on that more frugal, natural lifestyle. Um, and I feel like there is a growing feeling, a concern amongst our sect of the area. Um homesteaders that the government and other powers to be are really trying to control our food sources yes it's it's a form of control that that is like the ultimate form of control you control the food you control the people exactly um kind of like the sheep and the cows and your chickens they go where the food goes not the other way around i mean it's it's the way nature is we are humans. We have to eat. It's built into our nature. We have to eat. If Whether it, you're vegan or meat, you still have to have food. Something. You have to have the, the food you need to survive. And we really seems like the government's really trying to control. And if you watch Food that Built America, you see how it all started. Mm. You can really see like how government... And, you know, these big corporations, these powers to be really push certain things and really have pushed this processed world. And, I, and I'm not saying, like, we're totally not processed foods. Right now we are, but we're trying to get away from processed as, as much as possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, our goal is to be as natural as possible. And we try to take, you know, a few steps every day to get to that point. Um life right now is running into some of those things that's preventing some of those from getting into place. Well, that and we had built a stockpile of processed foods before we determined this was the way we want to go. And, and we are frugal. And from a prepper standpoint. And from a prepper standpoint. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're frugal. And I can't throw this food away. No. I that, mean, it's crazy. I can't do it. So I'm trying to mix it in with our non-processed foods to kind of get rid of it and use it up and then we just keep whole foods on hand um 
that's perf that's my preference for cooking is with whole food, whole foods um and i usually use more whole foods than the processed foods <laughs> anyways so it kind of is what it is at this point but if you look at other initiatives in the in you know our in our society, society right yeah. now yeah I'm trying to find the word look at new york the carbon reduction plan yeah. Aaron told me yeah, about this. So before. this one here, they were trying to find ways to reduce the carbon emissions. And they determined that 20% of the carbon emissions, I guess, in New York, um, I think it's New York City, maybe just even, that they put out was from food. And they're wanting to reduce that by the food. And they were talking about looking at restaurants and all of this. It's it's really uh, yeah. crazy. Um, look at the Green New Deal. Yep. I mean, people's garden, people's garden, like you're signing up to tell the government you have a garden for other people. Like, there's no way. There's no freaking way. I mean, that is like, oh, this is so nice. You'll create this garden and you'll help your community. But you're also opening yourself up to government intrusion. Yeah. Um, it just feels like there's it's so intrusive. Right yes. Now. There's so much control trying to be put in place to you know make us healthy <laughs> make us healthy make us better you know we don't need meat and eggs and all of these things which Aaron could eat like a rabbit he could I, live like a rabbit I could um, I, I, I did see a good photo I think it was from the 1920s the other day and I can't remember if it's Chicago New York City but it showed, like, you know, crowded streets full of people. There was not one single obese person in that photo. What has changed since then, you know, to make it the way it is now? Well, it's how we get our food. Exactly. How we eat our food. We're not up working. And, I mean, we're not... We're, we're trying to get in better shape. We are. We're always working towards that. But it... Uh, there's just some really, there, there's just some really concerning things in our room. And I can tell you, finding it anymore is becoming harder and harder. Finding the things, your seeds, yes. your plants, equipment, um, is get, such... Get, getting them in a, you know, a certain amount of time. Fencing. Oh my God. Well, we needed fencing. It was a nightmare mm -hmm. to find. Um, I feel like... 2020 completely destroyed the supply chain, especially on this end, because people panicked. And I don't think it's ever really recovered. Yeah, there's still a lot of stuff. You know, most people say stuff's starting to get back to where it was, you know, from a supply standpoint. But, you know, there's a lot of companies that are shutting down now, and what's that going to do, you know, to it again? So, and then it's getting more expensive. If you're going that way, everything's getting more expensive. Um, cost of trying to homestead, especially if you're just starting out, it's getting more expensive, and it can feel daunting. But we have some we have some things you can do um, to help you stay on your frugal homestead journey. There's a few things you can do to help you garden cheaper. It does not have to be super expensive. It, it's, it really it's doesn't. still affordable, and, and the reason it is too is because. You know, this is the old ways. This is how people sustain themselves back then. If you do it right, 
this is how you can sustain your family. Yes. So number one. Start your seeds. Yeah. Now, if you're brand new to gardening. This is harder for some. It is. And I would do your research. And if you're going to buy plants, I actually saw this on Living on a Dime. It was one of the best things I, I have seen from her. But she was at Lowe's and she found a tomato plant that had like five starts inside of it. Yes. So and so she bought it for $5 or something like that. So she had several starts inside. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to buy starts already made, go and get them with multiple inside of the pot. So you right. can search, like really pick through them. You don't need the biggest thing there that might be 20 no. to 30 bucks. You can start out with these small seedlings. Absolutely. As long and, you know, even going to your local farmer's mm-hmm. flea market, a lot of times people go there to sell their extra ones. I mean, we're hoping to eventually get there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen quite a few people that's um, selling theirs a dollar a plant. That's not bad. That, that no. really isn't. So, be creative here. But seed starting, it does not have to be super hard or complicated. Our setup is extremely simple mm-hmm. for us. Um, we um, had gotten some money for Christmas, and that's what we used to, to pay for that. Yeah, we built our seed starting method. I mean, we did. That's what we do. We get money for Christmas. It's for the both of us, and it goes towards the homestead. It's how we got the perfection heater, and we have a perfection heater fund if Aaron finds another one I've that's already been, done. I've still been looking. I uh, haven't found another one close enough yet. Yeah. Um, but this is kind of what we do. Um, but you can do a super small setup and you don't need like as many plants. Like if you're just going to be growing enough for you and your family to eat as it comes in and you're not preserving one or two tomato plants, a couple of squash, like really stick with the basics. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a sunroom even, you could probably get by. You know, that's how, that's how people used to start seeds. I mean, you could probably get by just setting them into like window sills or something there instead of trying to build yourself a um, seed starting setup. Absolutely. Um, light, soil, a pot, seeds. That's really that, all that's you it. need. And, and a lot of people use solo cups to start out mm-hmm. um, or the styrofoam ones to start out their seeds. A lot in. of ours we've saved. <laughs> A lot of our pots, but we have bought some, but a Mm -hmm. lot of our pots we have saved. All the bigger, like two to three inch ones. Anything, a tree or a bushes came in, we've saved those to use. Every single one. Yeah, to use for stuff like that. Um, And like, you know, like we said, if you get good at it, you can expand on this and you you can, can sell them. Yeah. And there's always people wanting, you know, a couple of tomatoes. A couple, yeah. Yeah. Most people don't grow 36 tomato plants plus like we do now we don't eat tomatoes but we grow a lot of tomatoes because i can them because Mm -hmm. we do eat a lot of actual tomatoes in our cooking we do lots of mexican lots of italian lots of tomato based soups um that's our personal preference and it seems like the baby is ecstatic about tomatoes right tomato flavoring so while we don't eat tomatoes straight off the vine, a lot of people do. And mm-hmm. that's what most people, especially around here, everybody has a tomato plant. For tomato sandwiches. That's it. Tomato mayonnaise. And eh, we don't eat we don't eat that here. <laughs> I, I can. Aaron does. Well, okay, tell them what your favorite is. Potted meat with a piece of tomato on top and some mustard. I thought it was mayonnaise. No mustard. Mustard. 
So, yep, that's what he eats. <laughs> and, and it was, he did it on a whim. Because we had a tomato that had to be eaten. Yeah. And since then... That's what I want. That's what he wants. He's obsessed with it. A good tomato. And, like, I've had to cut Tommy toes up for this before. <laughs> um, number two is saving your seeds. So your heirloom plants that you buy, your tomatoes, your lettuce, if you let your lettuce go to seed. You can let your lettuce go to seed and it will come back. Yeah. We have that right now. Like, we have an abundance of lettuce because it went to seed last year and it came back up. Yeah, yeah. Anything you can that you can let go to seed, you know, let it because then you can save those seeds and have seeds for next year. Pumpkins, melons, squash, zucchini, those are the easy broccoli. Ones. Those are the easy ones. Pumpkins, is, they're so easy. All you do is take it out yeah. and you save them. You could eat them. Sunflowers. Um, there, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, there'll be seed swaps uh, yes. set, set up. And a lot of people sell seeds on Etsy. Yes. We actually missed the seed swaps this year, but we do hope to go sometime. <sighs> Yes, sometime. <laughs> we do hope to get there because we would uh, we would even pay for like local seeds yes. in our area. Um, we don't have enough seeds currently to swap um, because we've not had an abundance of certain things that we would want to swap for. Like we have tons of tetsoy, tons yeah, of tetsoy. We could, we could, it's sorghum. Right. I mean, stuff like that we could definitely, you know, trade. But we're looking for you know some more of the. More locally, Local special varieties. squashes and things yeah. of that nature. Because that's what we really, really eat. Yes. Um, succession planting. Hear me out. If you don't know what this is, this is where you plant in succession. So your lettuces, your squashes, things of this nature. What you want to, or your summer squashes. So things that are short dated. So we have a summer squash, tennis ball. That would, eight ball. Eight, eight ball. ball. Eight ball. It, it kind of looks like a tennis ball, eight ball. It's a little round, green zucchini squash. It's so good. But it's a 35-day to maturity plant. Very small period. Um, and, it, and it will produce. You can get several of these off of this plant. They don't get too big. They, I mean, the biggest they get may be like a big softball. Yeah. At, the, at their absolute biggest. But what you want to do, or what I want to do this year, is I want to plant one row now. Three to four weeks later, I plant another row. So that way, because these are all short dated, what's going to happen is when my other plants start dying, my other plants are coming in. And I'm getting double the amount of crop. That's really my goal is it's going to give me more food, more bang for my buck. So don't plant all your seeds at once have a little bit of room if you want to have three or four zucchinis plant two now plant two in a couple weeks then when the other one dies you can get a short dated zucchini like the tennis ball and put that eight out ball. eight ball sorry <laughs> the eight ball and you're going to have more squash because it's only 35 days it's a very short time period from maturity so, tennis ball is actually a lettuce type, by the way. It is. It is. the te I think that's why, because I was looking at it when we were yeah. planting lettuce. Um, because we actually did that. I held back seeds for lettuce. Um, because I know in the hot part of the year, we're going to want more lettuce. Erin loves lettuce. So I planted um, red dragon. Red and dragon and green dragon. Green tiger. Green, green tiger, yes. Green so. tiger. 
they do really good in the heat for us. Yeah, yeah, those come from hosses. Now, um, t just talking about tennis ball, just for your history buffs out there, um, this is one that uh, Thomas Jefferson grew. Mm -hmm. So you'll, if you go there, you you can look. You know, you'll see some varieties of it there as well. But um, when you look that up, that's one that uh, he had in his books that he grew. It it does grow well here. It does. It, it does. And we like it. We it's, don't like it as good as Oakley, baby Oakley. Mm -hmm. it, it's just a very small head. It's a very about, little head. Size. Uh, ours got a little bit smaller than a tennis ball, but you know, that's that's about the size of them. But uh, do succession planning. That's what we're doing with our lettuce. I held back a pack of seeds, so when it gets really hot and that lettuce starts to die off, I can actually put some more out and keep a continuous crop for as long as we can. That's yep. my goal here. Um. That that's cuts down on your food that you have to buy. You, yep. you keep having some come in, and you don't have it all come in at once either. So you have to preserve it all at that same time. Yes, that's my or other goal. Or eat it all at that same time. <laughs> that's my other goal. I want to have more of a a lag between preserving because I did find last year preserving a few tomatoes at a time because I didn't do a massive tomato canning day. I mean, it did work for us. Yeah. It worked really well for us. It was much easier on me long term than it was just doing them as they came in. So it's what we're kind of hoping for this year that we'll just kind of save them and do them as they come in. When I have enough to do a um, batch, we can do a batch and then keep safe for the next batch. Um, next, you know, you could set up a rainwater catchment system. Mm-hmm. And this can be used in many ways. You can use it as, um, you know, to water your plants um, so that you don't have to use your water. And you can also keep it as a backup system, you know, for extra water for you in bad times. Right. Or when everything's really dry and maybe your city water, you know, they're limiting you more or your um well water is uh getting low and you're afraid you're gonna run your well dry and you also have to look at it in terms of frugality city water you don't know what's in it exactly but also you pay for that you mm -hmm. pay water bills a well water we pay for the electricity to run the pump right so you're saving money in that point it might just be pennies pennies make dollars dollars make hundreds um, but so you can also make your own soil for your garden mm -hmm. from, to make it cheap and you can do that by composting. Absolutely. You know, whether you're just doing your scraps, um, whether you're doing, um, you've got animals and you've got chicken manure, you know, you can't put that on that first year though, but you could, um, you know, let it over over a year mm -hmm. if you have the room um and you can also like we say we compost all year round and i know a lot of people just do it in the hot part of the year we compost all year round um i did see one i read this article a long time ago um where she actually took and if you if you have a small place you don't have enough room to compost what she would do is she would take her you know um, scraps and everything and blend them up after she had enough and then just pour them into her garden beds or like your pots or things and what that would do is it would become like a slush but it would fertilize the ground so that's another way to think of it um i 
in, in a way, I kind of feel like it's so underutilized, the use of scraps and things like that. Yes. Like, we, you know, we, when we have chickens, which we're still waiting on oh, <laughs> them yes. to be hatched. I have no idea where we are with this. But um, when we have chickens, I have a freezer outside that's eventually going to be empty. So I need to keep it full. But I also want to keep, uh, I'm really thinking of using that to put extra scraps in there for in the wintertime. Because we need to keep that freezer full, but also want to give my chickens like banana pills and things of that nature in the winter. So I feel like I feel like there's a give and take here. Yeah, and another thing too from composting is you can do, you know, if you're interested, you can do a warm composting mm-hmm. you system. Can. If you have like a greenhouse, you can set one up inside. Yep. Um, there are different ways to do that. Uh, we and you know. We just really prefer a very simple compost method for us. Um, we don't really want to have to deal with turning and all of that. Um, we don't have time for it with everything else we're doing at this point. Um, the next one is going to be make your own fertilizer. So if you are not on medications or anything of this nature, like you're not taking over-the-counter any medications. Um, we've, we've heard this one from a few people, a few people especially Danny from uh, mm-hmm. Deep South. And he was doing this. Um, you could use urine as fertilizer. Yep. You, now, you don't do just pure straight urine. You're going to dilute it with water. Right. It is a gross yes. Uh, but if it comes down to it, and your plants need fertilizer, and you're not on medication. Cost saving. Cost saving. I mean, you got to pee anyways. <laughs> That's, I'm just going to point that out. You have to anyways. Um, it is gross. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, but... It, I, I can't imagine that, you know, they didn't do this back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's there, and it's a natural part of life, and as homesteaders, we have to understand it's a natural part of life, and if you need it and you can't get it, you can at least have access to something to help your plants. The government cannot control when you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. I mean, they can only control you so far. That is something they really cannot control. Now, they can control what you eat, or, or well, if they ever get to that point. Like, medicine, things of that nature, if you are taking them, you don't know what is in it. Mm-hmm. And it could damage your plants. Yes. That's why you want to be careful with that. Um, I would even say vitamins. If you're taking over-the-counter vitamins, I would be very careful unless you know, like, exactly where those vitamins are coming from. Yeah. And wood ash, you can use wood ash in this wood, as well. Wood ash is a very good one as well. You know, if you've got your wood stove, save all your wood ashes, you know, from it to put on the garden. Yep. Also, you can do, um, you know, from your composting, say composting banana pills, you could soak them in water, set them, that's a fertilizer, um, you say the same thing with orange pills. There's multiple ways to take a little bit and create a lot of fertilizer. Um, if you can make a compost tea. Yes. That's yeah. another way to fertilize. That's a very good one there. Um, you can do that with manure. But be careful. Be careful with animal manure. Uh, um, especially if they eat hay that's been sprayed. Yes. Um, one of the big ones that um, Jack Spirico has been talking about lately is biochar. Um, I'm not sure what all goes into making it. I haven't had time to catch up on those episodes to see it, but that's one I've been seeing a lot on my feeds and social media about everybody making. Yes. Um, the next one, talking along those lines, is using leaves and grass. So this is our first year we use grass the garden. 
Well, well, in the potato patch. In the potato patch, right. I was about to say, did we do it in the garden? No, we did do it in the garden. Um, but, you know, leaf mulch is a very good way to give nutrition to your soil. Um, you know, take your leaves that you rake up from any trees or... Your neighbors your, pull up. Yeah, I've even seen a lot of people say that when time comes and people start raking them up, um, they'll go by you know like the neighborhood and see any sitting out and ask if they can you know take them or whatever we might actually try that we might go down through downtown uh <laughs> do down some of the downtowns and see if we can't get some leaves that way um because it'd be easier than us getting up in the woods and backing it up ourselves um the grass in the garden though we got this from uh, rain country and i have to say you know our potatoes are killing it from mm -hmm. this i mean they have really grown it has really helped so um it just um we're seeing a lot of success with this and we've had a lot of success with leaves but leaves are just a great way to add nutrition to your uh, garden they're just right i mean it's the leaves are decomposing the natural you know from from the trees that you can mix into your soil. If you ever go look at a forest and you look at the dirt, it's black. Yes. Like, go, go to a place, you know, and scrape back some leaves and look how black the dirt is. I mean, the dirt it. is amazing. The dirt is absolutely amazing. Um, Like, you go up and look at our, I mean, it's like two, five hundred feet away from the garden. That ground is as black as cold, beautiful dirt. Mm -hmm. and then you come down to ours and before we start putting compost on it, and it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing yeah. compared to it. Um, number eight. This is mostly me on our homestead, but it is preserving your harvest. If you are growing enough to preserve. So, if you're only growing enough to eat, this really won't apply to you. But, if you are wanting to put away enough for your family, first you have to know how much your family is going to eat. Do you have the space? Do you have all of that? But, um... Preserving your food is a great way because you're not wasting money. You want to make sure you're what the effort you're putting into it. And, you know, if you are putting money into it, you want to make sure you're preserving that food for future uses. Now there's multiple ways to do it. Canning. Dehydrating. This is frugal, so I'm not going to say freeze drying, but freeze drying is an option too. Or just plain freezing. Or freezing. We tend to lead towards more shelf stable. We're wanting to get away, you know, from, from the freezers. From the freezers because just because we have so many power outages that um, we lose, you know, our ability to keep them cold sometimes. Absolutely, we've lost a lot of food this way. Mm -hmm. We have we have lost freezers full of food from this. So for us, it's very important to try to get away from that. And to really focus on more shelf stable. But I will say, uh, you can dehydrate just about anything. Yes. You really can. So if you want to try dehydrating, I would definitely go that way. Look for Excalibur to go on sale. They're worth the money and they do go uh, on sale. We got ours for like a hundred and some dollars. Well, there's a lot of different models right. to it. Ours was the seven tray? Uh, nine. Nine, okay. We got the nine tray. Um, and it's very basic, very simple. They're very easy to use. Get you a good book. Um, you can also look online. Um, but dehydrating is very easy to do. It doesn't take a lot of work. I know a lot of people make it really complicated. You can also dehydrate with your oven. I would 
definitely lean against that if you're trying to save money. Right, because it's going to eat up, uh, you know, from electricity standpoint. So there are multiple ways. And if you have an abundance of lettuce, make green powder. If you have an abundance of tomatoes, make tomato powder. You can make anything like, and you don't have to, you can eat it in a different way. So you could put tomato powder in meatloaf to give it more of an oomph flavor. You could put it in um, tomato soup to really amp up the tomato flavor. Um, Mexican um, lettuce powder, I use it. I like to hide it in my um, tomato sauces that are really strongly flavored. It's a great way for me to get lettuce because I'm not terribly fond of eating it. But yeah, or, you know, any type of fruity smoothie, anything of that nature, you really, the the options are endless. They really are. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you might be like, well, I don't have a space for a garden. You have a space big enough for something. Whether it is couple of tomato plants on your porch or in your kitchen windowsill, some herbs in your windowsill, you can grow some food affordably. Um, you can do um, verticals, um, you know, the... the green stalks. Green stalks. They have smaller ones. They do. And you can look for anything small like that to make you a vertical one for a very small space. Um, you can put, you know, just basic pots around in areas. Um, raised beds, you can build one or buy them. There's different shapes and sizes anymore that you could build or uh, you could buy because everybody's trying to get as much food into small spaces. There's a lot of different available sizes. I mean, uh, you can do hanging baskets, you know, anything like that. I've seen a lot of people in apartments like use their uh, balconies as their garden per se, you know, with just pots and everything like that. So, so there's definitely room for you to grow, you know, some food. It's still affordable. It, you just have to do it the right way. If you eat salads, lettuce, lettuce, lettuce is so easy. You can even get yourself like a small. Um, hydroponic system Mm -hmm. we actually got one um for Aaron and and the baby to do together and my goal is to get spinach (laughs) yeah yeah lettuce has been you know more expensive lettuce has got expensive before we used to be able to buy a head of lettuce for 99 cents and that was um now you can't yeah my dad's been he eats a lot of heads of lettuce and he's been saying lately that the cheapest he's found is a dollar sixty nine, and that's high for our area. Right, that's very high. So you know, if you're buying one of those a week, you could be planning your own lettuce to grow instead. You, know? you could have like four or five pots and yep. like long pots. So do five five pots and then plant one one week. It's just succession planting. You don't have to take it all. You want to get like a loose leaf lettuce. You want to get like an oak leaf. Oak leaf is really good. It's got a nice taste. You want to get um, that Merrill Merrill de Provence or something like that. Like a red loose leaf. Uh, yeah, you're, you're way off on the, the name on that. It's something weird. It's, it's, it's a French um, named one um, that is sort of a red greenish tint. Um, so you want things of that nature um, that are kind of loose leaf. So you're going to plant one one week, and then you're going to plant one the next week, and then the next week. And then when the first one comes up, you're going to chop it off 
all, you know, not all the way out. You're not going to pull it out. You're just going to give it a haircut. And that's the lettuce you're going to eat on this week. Well, then by the next week, your next one's going to be grown. And then by the next week, your next one's going to be grown. And then by the next week, your next one's going to be grown. And then by the time you went through the cycle, your next, the first one will be ready to harvest exactly. again. That's what you're wanting, especially if you're like eating. And that's, that's our goal is to have that in. We want that kind of system inside, especially for spinach because we love spinach. But we have a really hard time growing in our area. We do. Um, it's either, it's almost always too hot for Or it. too cold. Yes. So it's been very hard um, for us to grow. But you can have a continuous source of lettuce up to a certain point if you really plan it out right. Like we plan, you know, especially in the winter time, to have that kind of a system with like hydroponics. So we're constantly... Yeah, I mean... I mean, yeah, that's that's another way too. Hydroponics, like Cranky. You, you could do this in your house. You don't even need your a balcony per se. You could set up a cracky system in your house with some lights and be able to grow your own food. You wouldn't need many. You just need a small one. Yep. Like it depends on how many systems you want. Um, number ten is buy your seeds at the right time. Right. Um. You don't have to buy them in the spring when, when, they're so when they're so expensive because everybody's looking to buy them at that time. There are two times that are the best to buy your seeds. One of them is on Black Friday in the fall when seeds go on sale anywhere from 10% to 30% off I've seen. Mm-hmm. Or there are specials, you know, like buy so many, get so many, so much off. You know, there's a lot of deals uh, on Black Friday or sometimes Cyber Monday, you know, right around that time. Um, and then at the beginning on New Year's um, a day, there's usually like Burpee, for example, usually has some sales uh, during that time. And Haas, Haas does too sometimes on seats around that time. Uh, they usually vary from year to year if it's seeds or some of their tools around that time. But so, I mean, you've got to look when those deals are. I mean, you know, you're like, well, they're last year seeds, maybe. Well, maybe, but we haven't had any issues with that. None. I mean, they still got good germination on them, we've had. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you'll even see, you know, your Dollar Tree has some basic Dollar twenty five seeds usually, you know that you can usually pick up. <laughs> I know my dad picked up some at uh, some sort of yard sale place the other day. I think he gave like ten cents a pack, you know, for like a handful. I'm gonna throw them in the ground and see what they do. Right. I mean, I think he got a dollar's worth or so, you know, like ten packs. Okay, spend a dollar, maybe maybe be able to grow some carrots, some beets. You know, stuff like, like that. two butternut squashes, that yeah. oh, well, it paid for itself. Right. Because butternut squash, as cheap as you find, it's 99 cents a pound. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's on sale. Yeah, so, so I mean, so that's another reason, you know, is if you're looking for, gosh, watermelons here lately have been anywhere from, like, I've been seeing 6 to $10 a piece. I know it's early in the year still for them, and, you know, still got time for some other areas to get them in, but... Like, you can buy two or three packs of seeds and be able to have you some watermelons, you know, for that price. Absolutely. It's just really looking and knowing what you want to plant. You don't want to buy too many. That's where Aaron and I kind of get 
caught up, especially when it comes to squashes and things of that nature. And I've really tried to rein us in this year. Let's try this one. Hey, you've seen this one? Let's try this one. <laughs> and he does that. He does like, hey, did you see this? Did you see this? I'm like, will you stop? Stop. <laughs> I'm trying to rein us in. Aaron, Aaron um, like lettuces. Oh, Lordy. I didn't buy that many this year. Not this year. year. No, you didn't. Um, I think I've tried most of the varieties, so I sort of know which ones I like and don't like. Um, like, we don't like Asian greens at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides cat soy, the, there's not many that I really like. really like. But gosh, if you, you know, from a survival standpoint... There's a lot of those Asian greens at like 20 days. Oh, yeah, or less. Yeah. We, we got one. It was, so, I mean, it was like 15 days it came yeah. up. But, man, we couldn't eat it. No, yeah. It was <laughs> we like, cooked it. Yeah. We did everything. It's kind of like the spinach that climbs. That, um, um, it's, gosh, it's one Deep South does. Um, that Mer... Mer- I thought it began with an M. It does. Malabar? Maybe. Some Something. Something like that. I mean, it, you can grow it throughout the hot part of the year in it any grew. climate, but it's velvety. It's very, very yeah odd taste texture. Uh, odd texture, like I, I couldn't get by the texture to eat it. No, because tetsoy is velvety too. Not as not, velvety not as like that. that. Not like that. <laughs> no, it's just it was to me almost felt fake. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good way to put it. felt fake. It mm-hmm. didn't feel like a real leaf to us. But we know a lot of people like it. Um, for me, I'm, I'm incredibly picky when it comes to lettuce. If that, you, that's putting it lightly. If you can even get me to eat it, so that I knew I wasn't going to eat. And, but I've kind of let Aaron sort of do what he wants to because he is the one who eats lettuce. Um, he loves it, and that's fine. He can go out there. He can cut as much of it as he wants to and have it anytime he wants. And... But it's just really learning when to get those seeds. And I would say just be careful about buying too many. Don't get like 30 packs <laughs> of something and you only have. Aaron's shaking his head like, <laughs> I don't agree with that. <laughs> That's where you're going to not see the benefit from a frugality standpoint. It is, unless you're getting, you know, some extremely good deals and you are going to be planning all those. You know? Yes. Like if you're to do succession planning and you're planning... Um, like we are with the hot lettuces, the green tiger, the red dragon, we got two packs of each of those. So we can Mm -hmm. plant one pack now. And then in a couple of months, we plant another pack when it's really, really hot because it does grow well for us when it's super hot. And that way Aaron can have that lettuce throughout the summer because that's a time of the year where we, we really didn't have a lot of lettuce. Yes. Usually that's when not as many varieties work. They like the... Uh, early spring to late fall. late fall time frame. It's harder to find those summer ones. And those there have been really two that I really like for the summer. Yeah, and we did those out in the the hot part of our garden. Like, mm-hmm. they weren't beside the house. Like, typically we would try, we would do tennis ball and um, oak leaf beside mm-hmm. the house. Those are tend to do pretty good beside of our house. But these things, they took off. Yeah. I mean, they took. And they, that's what came up for us this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's the green tiger. Yeah, it, it's another red came up. Or didn't go to seed. Um, got any final thoughts? No, I would just say that it is still affordable to um, grow your own food. It, it is 
it, it is a daunting task. You do have to really think about what you're wanting to do and look. Um, don't just say, well, everybody's saying I can't do it because it's so expensive. Look at it and, and look at it through a frugal standpoint and say, what else can I do to cut costs here? And it's, I will say from my standpoint, it's not a bad thing to learn how to do this, especially if the government keeps intervening in certain things that it's hard to control seeds. It is. It is. It's hard to control seeds. And if you are in an apartment, you're growing lettuce in your house. Nobody could tell you not to grow lettuce in your house. How are they going to know? Exactly. They can't see your greenhouse emissions that are caused by your little lettuce plants and such. Oh my gosh, that person's growing lettuce. They're going to ruin the world. <laughs> they can ruin the world. A little lettuce is going to kill us all. <laughs> Uh, well, if you've got any comments, questions, anything you want to see in a future episode, you know, send those to thecannycouple at yahoo.com. And make sure to go over to our YouTube right now where we're participating in the uh, Three Rivers Challenge for the month of June. So you see a lot of our pantry challenge um, meals. meals and uh, you'll be able to see, you know, how we're being frugal about those as well. Yeah, we're doing ours a bit different, but um, really the goal here is to use up a lot of what's in the pantry. Although I think it's going to take a couple of these to actually make a dent. It's not a bad thing to uh, do these from a frugality standpoint. Absolutely. Kind of help, you know, get you some room in your pantry and help save your budget a bit. Yeah, and make sure to check out Linktree slash The Canny Couple for all of our other content. And as always, thank you for joining us on Rural Reliance with the Candy Couple, where we work hard, live simple, and enjoy life. Have a wonderful day.